1: Welcome to another episode, I am your host W-I-Z-E, I have a very special guest, he's a best-selling author of the of the book List Building Lifestyles and Confessions of an Email Millionaire I, I'm, I really don't want to butcher his last name, I should have asked him before we came on the air, welcome to the show, Igor K-Fetz Yes, nailed it Oh yes, thank you <laughs> Nailed it How
0: you doing today man? Uh, good. Excited to be on the show. i um, really happy to be here. And, you know, just like the intro said, just a, a regular guy here, uh, really just sharing uh, my journey, my perspective. So, I mean, it's always exciting to talk about yourself, isn't it? I'm just kidding. No, I'm not that obnoxious. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm looking forward to a great
1: conversation. So am I. So am I. So Igor, okay, so you are the highest paid email marketer out there. How did, how did you get there?
0: Oh, wow. That's, um, look, if I had to simplify this and, and give you like the, the nutshell, um, it, it's for me, it's been about consistency throughout many years because one of the things that you probably can relate to is the thing they call the shiny object syndrome. Yes. It's when, right. You, so you set a goal or or you decide you want to do something, and um you kind of start doing stuff right start moving in that direction but then things start happening and then things come across your desk and pop in on your radar and you start getting distracted so for me that's been the case for about the first three three and a half years of just chasing different shiny objects but then at some point i got really sold on this vision this idea that if if you've got an email list it's it makes you almost bulletproof. It makes almost everything that you want to do, almost a guaranteed success. You have a foundation. You have a following. You've got fans. Uh, you've got an audience. If you need to send um, eyeballs, traffic, attention to any particular website, link, offer, podcast, book, I mean, you instantly have act- have the ability to do that. I mean, that's how I launched my book and made it into a bestseller. That's how I uh, took my podcast under the same name and, and it became a uh, new and noteworthy on iTunes for about two or three months running. Like, and I, I had no idea what a podcast was. I just had an audience and I, every time we publish an episode, I would just email them the episode, you know? So, um, it, 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 it's really been about consistency more than anything else and continuously inching, uh, you know, forward, you know, become a little bit better, a little bit fine tuning that thing, every single day kind of getting a little better, a little better. And I still, to this day, follow this process and mentality. For example, uh, today I just wrote an email to my list about uh, uh, the subject line is your butt. And the whole email was, you know, uh, me trying to squeeze in as many uh, synonyms to the word butt, you know, like tush and tuchis and all all kinds of stuff (laughs) like that into an email while at the same time encouraging people to check out a... A, doc, a digital marketing documentary that just came out uh, that I'm promoting right now. So it, it's, you know, it's it's a, it's now me honing my skill at trying to write in a more entertaining way rather than just be a, just a plain old boring, you know, here's the feature, here's the benefit, you know, here's go check this out sort of email. Um, and it's just a contain, it's like a mindset where you you stick to what you know, and then you try to get a little bit better every
1: day. And and me, me personally, I've just started learning about using my email list. Because when I, I'm I'm not I was when I started podcasting, I had no experience. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what an RSS is feed. I didn't know anything. I didn't. So it took me learning and growing to, for me to just improve. Like when I first started podcasting, all I did was just upload it. I didn't put no description. I didn't put no titles. It was just I just wanted to get it out just get it up there. But when you start learning how to do these things, you learn, you have to put a description, you have to put it in a title, you need to put it in a thumbnail so people could see like, Oh, this looks interesting. Let me check it out. And of course, you got to put in links and, and all these other things. And these are things I didn't know, but I learned along the way. And the more I've started learning, the more my podcast was improving, the more numbers started going up and it actually encouraged me to be more consistent. Because when I first started, I was probably dropping one every month or whatever. It's now to the point where I'm doing three live shows a week. And so it's just, it's just, it was just me growing and, and, and just wanting to become better at what I was doing. So, but now I'm learning everything about email lists. I didn't, when you're a podcast, you don't think about an email list. You just think, when you first, at least when you first started, and you're not thinking about that. Just, you're just thinking about, oh, I just want to get it out there and upload it and people can listen to it. But as I went along, I started learning, everybody's like, you need to build an email list. You need to build it up. You need to build it up because it is a community. It's people you can actually reach out so they can listen to your episodes and or support whatever you're trying to do. But I didn't know that at that time. Now, I'm, like I said, I'm learning. I've been podcasting two years and of course I'm still learning and growing, but this is me networking with people and them telling me, this is how you improve. This is how you get your numbers better. So it's, it's, it's been a great experience. I love it. I have, I've found what I want to do, which is just being able to share people's stories and, and hopefully someone listens to this episode and could be like, okay, these are two guys just talking, doing different things, learning and growing. What, what led you into building your email list? Like what taught, like, where did you learn about building your email list? You know, it's funny. You, um, you just said something. You said,
0: um, everyone's talking about building a list, right? that's been exactly my experience uh it just happened several years ago it wasn't my um I wasn't a quest really uh I I, I grew up in an in an immigrant family So I'm, originally I was born and raised in Ukraine then at some point things got real bad I mean they're pretty bad now in Ukraine yeah. but at the time they were just as bad just no war but pretty bad still um and uh my parents decided because we, we have a Jewish you know heritage Jewish roots both of my parents are Jewish i'm jewish my brother's jewish you know uh, they said okay let's go to israel because um it's not like we had anything going on but that was better than staying in ukraine so you can imagine like my dad 42 my mom at the time 39 dropped everything and just moved to israel we had about a thousand dollars in savings i remember we brought these 12 big bags of stuff like everything we had even to a point where my mom brought toilet paper, like whatever we had left, she just took it. And um, we came to Israel, and um, the next 10 years proved to be extremely difficult. Um, Israel in and of itself is a great country. It helps its immigrants. There's different programs. There's different subsidies. Uh, They help you find a job. They help you learn the language. But when you're a 42-year-old frustrated um Ukrainian guy like my dad was um who used to be somebody in Ukraine he actually used to own a business in Ukraine and he used to serve in the Red Army back in the Soviet Union so he had connections uh, he had status and when he came to Israel all that shattered like a like a glass that broke you know and he couldn't really piece it together so he started drinking more heavily uh my mom she was a housewife back in Ukraine she had to go and get some, some, you know, a job really that didn't require too much of a language skill or whatever. So obviously that meant factory or cleaning or, you know, stuff like that. And, um, six months after we came, my dad suffered a, it wasn't really a heart attack, but there was something wrong with his heart. And then doctor ran some tests and said, Hey, you got to go into a bypass immediately. And so he went into a double bypass and basically it took him out of the workforce. Like from that point forward, he could never find a job. He could, and jobs he did find usually meant, you know, a security guard sitting on a chair somewhere, but these were occasional jobs. And every now and again, every six to eight months, he would get fired. And then six months later, get rehired again. Um, and, and so growing up, always short on money, always being told, no, we don't have money for this. We don't have money for that. Um, living off of handouts from our relatives and friends, uh, pretty much borrowed money from anywhere, anyone we knew and never, my dad never paid anyone back, uh, which I now realize what a, what a dick move that was, but that was just the reality. And so when I was growing up, there was this message, especially in a Jewish family, right? So there was this message hammered into me and it's like, you have to grow up, you have to study well, get good grades. You have to find a good job and you have to save us. You know so they were like putting all their hopes on means spite of me having an older brother but he had his own issues like he actually ended up you know wrecking up a lot of debt way before 30 and um you know having uh, an accidental uh, pregnancy uh, and then another one and so he had like lots of money issues mo- lots of money problems and so um when i was graduating um high school i I was heavy into gaming, so I loved playing video games, online, first-person shooters, stuff like that. And I really didn't want to go and get a job. Like, I didn't like the idea. And so I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who was never an A student. I was an A student, but he was like a C student at best. And um, I was studying for this exam, and I was really stressed out, right? And he's like, his name is Max. He's like, were. why are you so stressed out? and I'm like well I got this test coming up uh, aerodynamics and he's like so I was like well yeah you don't care because you're like a C student and whatever he's like yeah but why do you care I said well because I want to get good grades and find a good job and you know do the whole thing to which he said don't you know rich people aren't the ones who get the best grades what I was like, like Max don't don't bullshit me right you have no idea it's like no 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 you don't understand it's not me saying this it's this guy Robert Kiyosaki who wrote this book Rich Dad Poor Dad, Poor dad. and he <clears throat> says that you know uh, a students work for the government c students work for you know b students and b students are whatever he said something stuff like that I basically I hear that and I'm like okay I got to read this book and so I read Rich Dad Poor Dad again, just before graduation, and it flips the script completely. Like it makes me makes me realize that you can do better than a job, that a job is not a a way to be rich or become rich. And that uh, if you want to be rich, you got to start asking different questions. And this book suggests two things. Either you go into real estate, which is how Kiyosaki, you know, apparently, like in that book, he talks about real estate mostly, although he got rich through manufacturing and doing some other stuff, selling wallets, I think um um he says if you don't have a business idea capital or anything you should go into mlm which is exactly where i went and i found this online mlm at ten dollars a month it's called the gdi global domains international and if you refer somebody and they refer somebody and they refer somebody you know everyone makes passive income so um i failed miserably with mlm i recruited my mom who had no idea because i just used her credit card and uh, my best friend, Max, the the guy who said I should read the book, and, you know, he canceled the next day. And so I was really upset with him about that for a while. Um, but, yeah, I, I really, I sucked at MLM. But it's through trying to promote my MLM uh, business, I learned lots of digital marketing techniques. Uh, it's back 2008, 2009. So there's still MySpace, if you remember that. Yeah. If anyone's old enough to remember that, I guess.
1: Everybody had Tom as a friend, yes.
0: Oh, yes, Tom, my, my best friend, Tom. Uh, so there was MySpace, Facebook was just coming out, YouTube was still uh, a relatively small thing before Google bought them. And I was doing everything, was doing the social media bit, uploading videos, doing a lot of stuff. And it is in my pursuit of success in MLM that never came, I kept on bumping into this one thing everywhere. You know, either they were saying build a list or they had lists and they were mailing the list. And I was on the list buying the stuff they were mailing. Um, And so eventually the penny dropped after a couple of years of chasing shiny objects. And I said, okay, well, it seems like anyone who's anything, anyone who's achieved anything online, they have an email list. So I, I better double down on that.
1: Oh, that's wow. That, that is like, (laughs) you, it took you all that to, to, and it's, it's crazy because people don't, you don't know, realize this. You don't know that, especially as being a content creator my, myself and all that. You, you're not, you don't learn these things. You don't learn that you need to network and build a list. And, and a lot of people have, where they fell in like multi-level with ML, ML, MLM is the first people they go to is their family members. And their family members like, dude, no, like I know who you are. I'm not going to. Buy this and so no no this is the, the first thing they go is, is a pyramid scheme, it's a scheme. No, we don't want to be a part of it. So okay. you you learn quickly that you can't be like the first the first thing when whenever you do a, a new ml mlm that the first thing they're gonna say is a scheme. No, they don't want to be a part of it. But that's where everybody first starts off with. That's what your original list is is yeah. your friends and family
0: oh yeah and And, but the moment you get left out of the kitchen table you kind of learn not to bring it up anymore Mm -hmm. and you know it's funny because my biggest naysayer uh was my dad and uh, you know he's an ex army guy used to own his own business um like a tire shop back in ukraine so to him when i would bring up the conversation of making magic internet money i mean you can imagine right plus i was um They didn't just send me to any high school. I was actually attending the Israeli Air Force Military Academy. Uh, So I was wearing the uniform like I was a proper soldier since about the ninth grade. And so they envisioned a different future for me. They wanted me to go to become a contractor in the army and to have like a proper army career. And of course, I came out and I'm like, no. And I mean, what do I know about life at that age? So uh, it was a difficult couple of years. For me and my family i actually ended up moving out uh so i ended up getting a job and then getting another job um just so i could move out and not have to deal with the uh, naysaying you know and i stopped coming uh to family gatherings i you know came up with excuses as to why i was busy i was work even when i didn't have you know any work um so it was only after i made my first commission check from clickbank uh do you know what clickbank is do the listeners no. know no? no so clickbank is like um an online marketplace where um you can find products you can promote and when you promote them you get paid a commission for every sale that takes place so there could be a product that costs 100 bucks maybe a supplement maybe a piece of software could be a coaching program i mean could be anything really and then if somebody buys that through my link then i get a uh, the commission it could be as little as 30% as high as 90% so there was a point in time when i just started building my list and i really consistently mailed that list every single day i made my first commission check of about 140 something dollars now in israel you know and it took that check about 3 weeks to arrive from boise idaho of course but in israel that's about maybe like a week's worth of job income, right? Uh, so to see that amount of money appear magically in my inbox, like, and then you know, when I saw that, first off, I was amazed and shocked that finally there's some real money coming out of this thing. I was still way down in terms of like what I invested, time and money versus what I made at that point. But at least I had proof of concept that it worked. So the first thing I've done is I grabbed that check. I went to my parents' house and I waved in front of my dad like this and it's was like, hey, dad, real internet money from magical internet, you know, from that. So from that day, uh, he kind of stopped getting on my case and he even started supporting me. You know, he would uh, allow me to use his credit card to sign up for an email out responders. And like uh, he would actually just, you know, not get in my way anymore. Well, they got to
1: people in order for, sometimes in order for people to support you they have to see it they have to that, that, that I'm saying for them a lot for a lot of people seeing is believing so they have yeah. to actually see you make some kind of money from this for in order for them to be like, okay, I believe you now here you go let me help and support you But then yeah. again and then like for me it's a lot of people that support me are the people who I've connected with through podcasting. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's not like my wife, she's a big, of course, my wife, she's my my biggest supporter, my biggest fan, but you have other family members that be like, okay, yeah, now am you're 47 years old. What the hell are you doing? Podcasting? What are you doing? Thinking about starting a production company? What do you know about any of these things? And so of course you be like, you can't let that get you down. You're like, if you let what other people say about you affect you, you just, you're going to fail.
0: Yeah, and you're really lucky to have your wife support you. It's definitely not something that everyone can say. Like I work with many students, people who've been, you know, trying to build an online business for a while. And one of the most common things is uh it's it's really hard for them to have a conversation with their spouse um about what they do. In fact, I remember this one time I was doing a coaching call with one of my uh students. Um, uh, I'll just call him t uh, i'm not gonna don't want to mention his name in case. His wife is listening. But so T had an issue. So he is a great guy, had a great job, great family, um, just overall almost like a role model of a guy, right? Yeah. And so we got chatting about the shiny object syndrome and he went in into one of his accounts and he checked what uh, what stuff like did he buy in the previous couple of years? Like he just opened up the ledger of stuff and he realized he purchased over $40,000 worth of things as a part of his shiny object syndrome, you know, a journey. And, um, he said, you know, when he saw that and he realizes he's like, wow, like, I'm so happy that over the years I've, I've purchased all this stuff on a credit card that my wife has no idea exists. Right. So his wife doesn't even know. So, again, like I'm just saying that you're really lucky to have a spouse that that supports you because that's not a given. That's not a given.
1: So I transitioned to to live because I wanted to interact with my audience. Like this is one of my super fans right here, Corrado. He works with me and he's always catching and tuning into my shows, always sharing whatever I post. And so that's why I transitioned to live is because I wanted to give them the opportunity to feel a part of the show because he's he he listened to me when I was just strictly audio and then I transitioned to video. But he's been a day one fan. And so to be able to allow them to 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 give them the opportunity to be a part of the show, I just felt like that's that's what that's where I needed to go. Sure. I think it's a, it's a great idea. It's a brave idea
0: too. Like I got a a buddy of mine who's um, also a well accomplished, like a really, really, really uh, kick-ass email marketer and affiliate marketer. Um, But he's also very protective of his lifestyle and he would never do anything that stresses him out, which is why I think he finds email marketing so, so rewarding because you really take no risks. Like you can you know, you can pre-write 10 emails, load them up and just disappear. Uh, So like very low key. And, uh, sometimes he would do webinars. Some, sometimes he would put out some kind of material and he's got this commitment to never do anything live because when he's putting it together, and then publishes it, you know, he's like, well, I can record for 10 minutes, then take a break, go smoke a cigarette, come back, you know, like if it doesn't come out right the first time I can re-record it. Uh, so he's really like, uh, he would never do anything live, you know, it's just, I even try to pull him out and maybe do some stuff live with him, but it's just a big no, no for him. So yeah, I think it's, uh, it's really brave. Like I don't, I don't tend to do much live for the same reason like i want to have the control you want over... it to be
1: perfect you want you want it to yeah be perfect. i yes yes i, I want to embarrass me, myself you know <laughs> you know what i don't mind if i embarrass myself because i want people to see how authentic and real the show is i want them to realize like listen life happens i i've had mess ups i've had and i've kept them on the show because i just wanted to show people like listen life is not perfect you can get upset over the mess ups or you can just laugh about it and have a good time and just continue to go doing what you're doing. So I, I enjoy messing up and, and letting people see that I mess up because I'm human. And so doing the live for me was like, no doubt was no brainer for me. It was because I wanted to interact with people. I wanted people to realize this is, there's nothing fake about the show. Everything we talk about is, is authentic. We just have a good time having a great conversation and people tend to enjoy that. So, uh, to me, going live was just let's do it because I had already been. I had started doing lives for, on a friend's uh, sports talk Great morning show. Uh, shout out to Snowman in the Morning with Cole Johnson. Um, and I, I worked their show Thursday and Friday, and they do a live and they interact with the with the chat, and I love that, and that just pushed me to to really just go all in and just start doing lives.
0: Yeah, well again um as long as you know what you want and you're clear on that uh nothing's more powerful than that like for me the the most difficult moment for me at any given point is always the moment when i'm not clear on my vision when i'm not clear on what i want and where i'm going so you know um yeah like if you if you know what you want and you're got the balls to go for it then as far as i'm concerned doing great so what made you write the book? Well, two reasons. Um, one is the reason that I usually tell people. The other one is uh, is uh, the real reason. So first, the one I tell people about, is since we're actually keeping things real here, uh, is because there's a book in me. There always was a book in me. I always liked the idea of writing a book, of uh, putting my message out there. Uh, but the thing is that I wrote the book after my message was out there like through webinars through all kinds of stuff uh so the book came as sort of the natural extension of taking my message and putting it into into a different format right now the the real reason is because many of my peers who i consider to be uh of similar status and value to to the world um they have books right so Um, there's, you know, Tony Robbins has many books, Robert Kiyosaki has many books. And I interviewed him on my podcast and he's also an info marketer and he mails, he actually emails a lot. Um, there's lots of people that I'm sure you and your audience never heard of who are pretty big in their respective niches who have books. And when I was looking around, I was like, this guy has a book. This person has a book. I can have a book. But you know, the, the thing about the book is it's scary. You know what I mean? Like, it's 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 very scary. For me, it, it's much easier to imagine myself putting together a web page or writing an article or a series of blog posts or even writing an email a day for three years straight than to actually write a book, even though in terms of the, the volume of content, it's pretty much the same thing. I mean, a book is about 10 or 12 hours uh, worth of interview, right? So if we do 12 of these interviews in a row, like starting today and for the next 12 days, that's like a book if you transcribe it. But somehow there's this mental switch that happens, like write a book. Oh, my God. And so, you know, part of me wanted that challenge. A part of me knew that I had to do it as a next step, the evolution, because all of my peers, you know, um, had it. Um, and a part of me did it because I knew that I could. I knew that, you know, if others, if, if other people could do it, I could do it. So I said, you know what, let's do it. There's really no risk in it for me at this point, besides the invested time. Um, You know, I already had my message dialed in through the different media appearances I've done through the different uh, content I published. So it was a pretty easy decision from that point forward. However, it, it still took me three years to actually do it. Like it took me three years from the moment I said, yeah, I need to do a book or I'm probably going to do a book to actually sitting down and doing the book. Uh, and that part I found to be very difficult. It's the overcoming that invisible barrier, the the, the mental block. of, some of the sort. Right, You had writer's block at the time? N- you know, no, not really, because I've been writing emails for so long that yeah. I could write like it, it was it was a different kind of block. It was the kind of block that said, who are you?
1: to publish a book. Ah, so you were stuck in your mind. Yeah. Uh, cause that's how, that's how I was with my podcast. I would record, delete, record, delete, record, delete, and be like, why, why am I recording this? Who's going to want to listen to me? I sound horrible, but that was cause I was stuck in my head making excuses. Cause I was afraid of failing, not realizing that I was already failing by not attempting it, by not going out and doing it. I was already, I was already failing it. So yeah, I finally decided to press record, keep it, and release it. And my first episode is five minutes long, and it's me talking to my nephew, holding my phone to the mic, and him talking through through the phone. Into the mic. That's my first episode. And the next one grew to seven minutes. The next one was 10 minutes, 12. It just gradually grew. And he, he's like, no, we can't release that first episode. I'm like, why? He's like, because we should practice more and let people... And then get better so they can, I'm like, no, I want people to see the growth. I want them to see where we started at. A point A, where it was not great quality to where we're at now, where I've invested in better equipment. I've invested in my sound, my, my video gear, my equipment, because this is something I felt people was giving me something very precious, which is their time. And I felt that I needed to give them better quality as far as my sound and my video goes, because again, time is precious, and they and that's something they've given to me, and I and I greatly appreciate it. So I wanted to give them the best I could of myself.
0: Yeah, and and really, what's interesting is you mentioned it earlier that you kind of you 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 publish it and you roll with what it is. You're not trying to make it seem something else. You're not trying to overthink it by trying to make it perfect. And I see that all the time with with emails too. When I teach people how to write emails, um, a lot of them will build a list and not email the list even once in like a year. And I would be asking them like, this is the most insane thing you can do. Like, why would you not do it? It's like buying a, a, like a sports car, like a Ferrari and never taking it out for a spin. Not even saying, I'm not saying you should take it to the track every day, but like not even to just go around the neighborhood you know, on a, on a sunny afternoon. Um, and so for, for most people, they're, they're stuck in their head and they're trying to make it perfect. They're trying to analyze and overanalyze and they're really just self conscious and, you know, and it's just an email, you know, email is very forgiving. You can like send a really crappy email today and send a good one tomorrow and still, be perfectly okay Uh, but people don't realize that they really make a big deal out of it as if it's a life and death kind of thing like if i mail this you know 500 word thing and it's not perfect then the sky will fall on me and crush me like it's just it's not like that it is it is how we think how we tend to think but it's definitely not like that and i and i think one of the reasons why you think that way is because i remember many many moons ago listening to a, um, a seminar recording by Aben Pagan, who at the time was one of my favorite like this, you know, self-development slash business gurus. Right. So this guy built a company called Double Your Dating under the uh, pen name of David D'Angelo that became one of the biggest in the um, uh, men's dating advice space at the time. And um, he, he released a program where he was just, you know, sharing lessons that he learned and he was saying that failure is a learned concept and if you think about it no child is born knowing what the hell failure is somehow you know when when a child is learning how to walk for example it'll fall a million times right um and it will not really obsess about it um it'll spill food all over itself and it will not make a big deal out of it but then as kids grow they they somehow learn that they can fail
1: well, we we it's not they somehow learn they're they're taught they're taught by their their parents they're taught by people around them because they don't know any better they don't know about limit like limiting yourself and, and all this stuff because you're absolutely right when you're a kid you're fearless you're not thinking about things you're not like something happens all right you get, you get back up and you do it again is as you get older and you start hearing people tell you oh you can't do that. Oh, you're not smart enough to do that. Or you're not athletic to do that. Or it start. It's we start getting programmed. They start, and we start believing that. We start believing that we're not capable of doing these things because they say we can't. And it's it's not until we start believing in ourselves and and start listening to our self talk. And make sure that you so when you talk to yourself, you you are the kindest person in the world to yourself because.
0: Uh, no, not I, me. Not in this
1: head. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to imagine what you what you say to yourself. But no, for the most part, most people need to. Re- Some of the things people say to, these, to themselves is just. It's just crazy. It, they limit themselves by by saying, "Oh man, I'm not going to be able to do that." I'm like, you you don't think that way. I don't think you think that way because you wouldn't be as successful as you as you are. You 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 like, all right. I'm gonna grow this this list this this email list, and I'm gonna use it to the to the best of my abilities. And you made it. You've made it work. Of course, everybody gets trapped in their head over, once in a while, and you have to get through it. And that's life. Those are the lessons you go through. To, to get to where you're supposed to, to, to get to where your, your purpose is. And for you now is to help people grow their list, to show them how to grow their list and, and become successful.
0: Yeah. And um, this was like, this was, this is what I was hoping to achieve with the book to reach an audience that was outside of my usual circle, you know, absolutely regular people, because I would often like would, for example, I would take my daughter to her recitals or, um you know to karate or something and people always ask me like what do you do and you know for the longest time i would never tell them what i do like i would come up with different things like to be like oh i'm in it right because you say like it is the most boring job ever right so you say it they'd be like oh okay and they don't really ask you about it anymore but if i told people well i email people and money comes me you know or you know i make money by mailing people you know i send an email i make money like if i say that everyone wants to know more but what i found is i i never really had a a really good coherent elevator pitch kind of thing to explain it because there's a lot to unpack there's really a lot to unpack in that particular you know segment so i ended up writing a book uh partially to answer that question so if anyone ever wanted to find out what i do you know i'm like here's a book you can read it I was just actually um, over at my neighbor's house across the street um, and you know we never really hung out he, he is he is an IT actually and um, you know he to this day doesn't understand what I do and he tried to like grill me for for details and uh, I said well I will just I'll just get you a copy of my book and you know you can read it I didn't even go into that conversation because uh there's some things you have to know first before you can truly understand what i do it's a fascinating world like i'll be honest with you um it's a f- the world of email marketing and the world of affiliate marketing as a way to monetize the email list is a fascinating world it's a rabbit hole that once you get in there it's like wow but you really you know have to make a decision do you really want to go there because you know, for 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 people like me, it consumes you, because you learn of a better way. You learn of a, 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 of a better life. Like, for example, today I woke up at seven. Um, I started working around eight a.m. after I had breakfast. Um, I took a break at nine when my kids went to school. My wife uh, drove them to school, and then I kept working until about two p.m. By two p.m., I've already made more than most people make in their jobs working the entire month and I actually was home the entire time this is my I'm in my basement um I was I had uh lunch with my wife and I have lunch with my wife every single day I was able to go and pick up my kids from school and not be late and not come come up with excuses or anything like that and I basically had to call the shots and um what's really interesting is you you might say well Of course, for that level of freedom, you might sacrifice income, but no, because when you have an email list, you grow your income through leverage. And the way it works is, let's say you have an email list of 10,000 people. Um, It takes you, let's say, 30 minutes to write an email to that list and, and send it out. Now, what's really important to understand is that we use a software to send that email. So it's not like me sitting here, copy and pasting that email 10,000 times and hitting send 10,000 times, right? It's me writing that email once, loading into a special program, hitting send one time, and the software just dispatches that email 10,000 times. I don't need to be here. It gets the job done without me. Now, let's say hypothetically, I make a dollar per subscriber per month, okay? So that means $10,000 per month. Now, imagine if I had a list of 100,000 people. It will take me the exact same 30 minutes to write the email. It'll still be one click to send that email to everybody. I don't need to do it. The software does the copy and pasting, but I'm now getting in front of a much larger audience, and therefore, my my results will be bigger. It's the same way when, you know, you got, say you got two TV shows, one is some Small time local TV show that promotes books, and the other one is Oprah on national TV that promotes books. Is there a difference in, in results? Of course, because Robert Kiyosaki, who got rejected by 20 something publishers, uh and self-published Rich Dad Poor Dad, went on Oprah, spent an hour on her couch, and when the lights went off, she turned to him and said, You're welcome. I just sold a million copies of your book. Now, I mean that's leverage, right? And today you don't have to be Oprah to do it. You just need to have an email list. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it, it is. It he did sell, <laughs> he did sell a million books. That it. listen, it, she she knows the, the the power of branding and marketing and 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 the value of it. And so, the problem the problem is small small business owners don't really know this. They don't have the connections to to network with people to show them how to market their business or or to how to build the email list and all that. So, what 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 would you suggest for a small business owner to really? What what are the things they can do to build the email list? You
0: know it. it- it's sometimes hard to convince a small business owner uh, that they need an email list in the first place, especially if they've got a storefront um, and they and and all of their customers are local, uh, because they don't think that an email list will make any difference whatsoever. Uh, so, you know, to them, it, it's really not about that. Um, and to be honest with you, I've never really set out to teach the baker. You know, or the the cobbler to build a list, even though they should, everyone should do that. Um, I really set out to to show people a better way to have more money, more freedom, and more leverage in their life, and uh, that also meant location-independent income, location-independent businesses. So anyone who wants to build a list really uh, probably needs to start off with just getting themselves an email autoresponder which is a piece of software. Usually you can get it online. It's, uh, it's very easy. Um, and what it does, it will store and allow you to email all the email contacts that you will collect. And so that would be the first step. The second step would be to have what's called a landing page or also it's also known as squeeze page. Also known as Capture Page, which is a page, and I'm sure you've seen at least one if you've been online at all. Um, it's a page that has a big headline and then a form asking you for your name and email address uh, in exchange for something, be it unlocking the next page, or a piece of free information, or access to a free chapter of a book, or signing up for a webinar, whatever that is, uh, you exchange that email for the Again, whatever the thing is. So for you to be able to build a form like that, again, you need what's called a capture page, AKA squeeze page. Um, and that would be step number two. And so once people hit the capture page, they will enter their name and email, and that information will go straight into your email autoresponder, where it's going to be stored, allowing you to then mail these particular subscribers, whether automatically, um, or in the form of a one-off mailing. And uh, what's interesting, again, a lot of people just don't get that about list building until they really get into the subject. Um, You can really have two types of email campaigns going out. There could be one that's completely automated um, and it's triggered by different events. For example, if you get on my email list today, there's a 220-day sequence that's preloaded there. That will go out to you over the course of the next 220 days without me being there at all. I won't need to touch my computer. I won't need to check on anything. I won't need to log in anywhere. I could be literally stuck on some island in the Pacific with no internet connection, and and it will still go out. So, and so, so, you mean,
1: so, I'm sorry. So, but you mean? So you mean you program 220 days of of emails already for people who subscribe new yeah and you have that and that and then you don't have to worry about them for the next 200 and something days because you're already being taken care of
0: that's right that's
1: that's time saving that that yeah that's leverage
0: yeah and and so from that point what you focus on is just get as many you know good people through uh to the to the opt-in form to the capture page so they get on your list so what's then imagine is say two three five years down the road it's still there. It's still working. And in those five years, you put thousands of people through that email sequence. And again, all that is automated. So that's how you create freedom. That's how you see people saying things like, oh, look, I'm, I spent this month in the Bahamas and they still made $100,000, you know. Well, that's because they leverage technology like this and it's accessible to everybody. Like it's not just uh accessible to the rich or to the geniuses or whatnot. It's accessible to quite literally every single person on planet earth, whether they live in Africa or Israel or Ukraine or US or Canada or Dubai. Um it's it's all the playing field is level. You just have to want it really and just get off your butt and just go try it out, look look it up.
1: Oh no I agree. It's there's so much things out there that we can use as tools to help us grow and develop and build up our businesses. That but people just don't know. They don't. They just or or they just don't care. It's, it depends. It it depends on the person. Like can.
0: You know, there there's them. one thing that I will say about people, and that is a lot of times, many times they they say things like, "Yeah, it can work for other people, but it can't work for can me." right because I'm different my business is different my circumstances are different my budget is different my fill in the blanks is different well I call I call BS because I've now seen this work for people from quite literally all walks of life from recovering alcoholics from Panama to um, you know to to injured uh, paramedics from uh, Brooklyn uh, to a student in Malaysia uh, to a housewife from Philippines. Like there's, there's literally no one who can tell me unless they're really just mentally challenged and it's just impossible for them to do anything on the computer. Um, or, I mean, maybe they have some kind of disease that prevents them again from from doing stuff. But even, even if you have a disease, uh, there's a guy, his name is uh, John Morrow. Um, I don't recall what his website is called. I think it's Smart Blogger. But this guy actually is in a wheelchair, kind of like Stephen Hawking, and he types by breathing into a tube or something. You know, it's some crazy like that. And he ended up building an online business that makes over a hundred k per month. Like, if he could do
1: it, honestly, so yeah, there should be no excuse for anyone else. There should no be excuse. no excuses for anyone else. And, and and that was that was one of the things. Um, I actually, met a, a couple of podcasters that suffer from cerebral palsy. And they, yet they continue to do their podcast and do it well and be successful and don't make excuses. I'm like, Oh man, if they can do this, what, why am I, why am I so afraid of doing it? Like, why am I afraid to, to, to put my podcast out there? And since then I'm like, Oh no, I gotta go. I gotta keep doing this. It's, 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 it, it's just makes no sense. If someone who I love doing it. So first of all, it's not work to me. So being able to sit down and record with people and have these conversations, I enjoy that. I, I get to learn and, and like, I'm going to start really building my email list because having this conversation and i already, I've people been getting into my ear about that and I need to do it because again, like you said, it's a tool that I need to to that I need to use and take advantage of it in order for me to build my audience
0: yeah yeah i mean everyone should do it really i i got a i got a student um i was just uh, they were just sharing with me on monday um they they've got a like a computer slash smartphone repair store and they got a phone number and an email address for every single customer and they were asking me how can they use this information well i mean it's really simple if you've got the new iphone coming in stock you know Uh, and you've got like 12 units or something you send out an email and say hey it's going to be on first come first first serve basis uh they're arriving on the 10th of the month and if you want one come in right now put down a deposit and i'll save you one um if you know uh there's uh there's you know it's a computer store so i'm assuming there's some gamers that are coming in to buy parts and stuff and maybe their nvidia is releasing a new video card right? So you mail about it, or maybe you had a bunch of Android phones that got a little bit older. You got to get rid of that stock. So you're selling them at a discount. You email the list and say, Hey, you know, Samsung Galaxy, blah, 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 G8 Note XYZ, you know, 30% off because I need to clear stock before the next shipment comes in. I mean, there's really a bunch of stuff you can do, but you basically make really cool, interesting offers, right? And, And and people will come to you. And, you know, it's just a very easy way to drive them back to your store because otherwise, what control do you really have over your audience, over your customers, over your prospects? Not much, not much. Besides all the other additional benefits of being able to email your followers and your subscribers and customers every single day with, you know, with your philosophy, with your personality, if you will. Because that does come across in an email and them choosing to do business with you just because they like you more than some other fella that doesn't email uh, their list or doesn't have a list. And they don't even think about the other fella, right? Because you're just top of their mind because you email every day. Um, So it's very very common like to use a list like that. And it's very profitable too. Like if you really just take somebody like, A business owner who has a list and who mails that list all the time and one that doesn't, you'll see that the one who mails is always going to be making more money. And I'm not talking 10% more money. I'm talking a substantial amount of money, uh, like double the money, triple the money, quadruple the money than the business without a list.
1: Awesome. This has been awesome. ego man, this has been some great stuff, man. I'm glad you was able to come on. Uh, and, and share share your story and share share everything you know about this building an email list this has been great man i appreciate you coming on
0: yeah that's uh my pleasure like i said it's uh been a really cool cool to chat and i want to use this opportunity if i may to oh no 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 that was like my book
1: right now is now is, now, now is, is the time, time, now is the the time. Okay. right now is your plug-in time go okay. ahead go shoot. Go now
0: <laughs> 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 here's the cue igor go now uh, yeah, so um, I, re- I would really like to put a physical copy of my book in your hands, guys, uh, for free. I'll pay for the printing and everything. I just ask you to chip in on the shipping. Uh, so you go to igorsbook.com and I put together a special offer. Uh, so you'll be able to get the, the physical book. Um, the Audible version, professionally narrated by an Audible uh, audio artist, um, the uh, the digital version of the book as well, plus three point eight thousand dollars worth of bonuses and trainings that teach you the basics of building your email list, all free if you just chip in on the shipping and handling. It's a ten dollars shipping and handling fee. So, go to igorsbook.com and check it out. Uh, again, you could just go to Amazon and get the book there um, and not get any of the bonuses and pay for the book actually or you can just let me ship it to you and just chip in the shipping and handling so I can throw in a bunch of bonuses as well uh, so I really hope you do that because uh, the book has already become a bestseller in its category uh it's been getting really good reviews i think uh four point five stars on Amazon there's always the occasional you know, two star review. Um, nice. but yeah, uh, I would appreciate it if you grabbed a copy and I hope you like it.
1: Actually, there's a link in the description so you could check on the, cause, uh, Iris sent me the link. So, so the links are in the, the description if anybody wants to get a free book or you have those pay for, for uh, shipping. And then, um, but, uh, Igor, thank you so much for coming by, man. Greatly appreciate it. My pleasure. Um, uh, always happy
0: to be here and uh have a great show going on.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. But don't leave just yet. We're gonna chat a little bit off the air. But um, now it is time for shout outs. But you can say goodbye to everyone before you go.
0: Bye everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope um we shared some value and you find it helpful. So uh anytime.
1: Thanks, Igor. All right, so now it is time for shout-outs. Big shout-out to my Real Wise fan, Poppy J, Brandy J. Love you guys. Big shout-out to everybody in the chat that came by. Uh, Corrado, Latina A, and Callie, thank you. That's uh, She's also one of the snowmans in the morning's biggest fans. Appreciate you coming by and showing love. And to everybody who's tuned in, we appreciate it. Big shout-out to my man, Igor, for coming through and, and sharing what he knows about email marketing and everything. Big shout out to the boss lady, Fina. Love you and appreciate you, baby. And as always, a big, big shout out to all the essential workers out there. God bless y'all. Be safe. You know your boy Wise does it. Peace out.